Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Tuesday. It's the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Thank you, as always, for making the podcast a part of your day. Uh, skip the usual Monday show because I wanted to try to learn more about what's going on with Ole Miss and the schedule. And basically, uh, I have learned nothing, as has really anybody else over that time. Uh, the SEC's got a mess on their hands. Uh, they got a huge mess on their hands. Ole Miss and Texas A&M has been postponed, but... Um, I, I mean, call me crazy. It doesn't feel like that game's going to get played. So we'll talk about all that coming up as well. I've got Lane Kiffin press conference audio for you. And I've told you before that I don't like playing press conferences, generally speaking, anywhere. On the radio and podcast, doesn't matter. Because generally, they're pretty boring and useless. But I think Lane Kiffin yesterday uh, was insightful on a handful of things. He talked about Elijah Moore, which, of course, that is good. But specifically talking about his defense and how um, kind of confirms what I was talking to you about over the weekend or on the Sunday show, especially with what's going on defensively and how he feels about their current situation. It's more than just players, and he kind of uh, alluded to that. He also talks about the uh, the clipboard toss and stuff like that. So we're actually a really good press conference, uh, a little looser. Uh, was Lane Kiffin, um, uh, made some jokes with Parrish Alford about getting fined and, and all that good stuff. So really good uh, press conference audio. So I will play that for you uh, also. I usually don't do that. I don't like doing it, but I think this time in particular, uh, Lane Kiffin is worth hearing, especially after the win over South Carolina. So uh, all that coming up. But first, of course, I want to remind you that the show is brought to you by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. If you're going to start your weekend or your day behind the grill, start it with LB's. Best place in Mississippi to get your meat. They also have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, but they are open seven days a week. Now you've got a bye weekend to play with this weekend, so you can spend a lot more time behind the grill than you usually would. Uh, Saturday's weather uh, in Oxford is going to be beautiful, 71 and sunny, so perfect day for the grill. Get it started at LB's, again, the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Tell Greg we sent you here at Super Talk. Don't forget also to follow me on Twitter, at Michael Borky. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. All right, let's get started. Ole Miss and Texas A&M, the game is postponed or outright canceled. So Texas A&M's release said Saturday's game versus Ole Miss has been postponed. And here's the money quote. The opportunity to reschedule will be evaluated, is what is said on Texas A&M's website. And I asked the question yesterday on the radio, and I kind of find it funny because um, there are people, and I don't think they're crazy, but there are people that think that there are SEC teams that are trying to avoid games for one reason or another. Um, if the conspiracies are true, and Kellen Mond is one of those that uh, were wrapped up in this contact tracing, unable to play thing, it would make sense to me that Texas A&M isn't fighting really hard to play this game this weekend. 
uh, because they are a playoff contender. They are. They're absolutely a college football playoff contender, and Ole Miss can beat them no matter what. I don't think they will, but Ole Miss can beat Texas A&M regardless. But without Kellen Mond, you can really get beat by Ole Miss. So I don't know what's true. I don't know what's not true. I have not seen anybody say that Kellen Mond would be one. I don't know. But the the people that are that are calling conspiracy on this, if that is true, uh, that Kellen Mond would be one of those guys, I mean, you know, just something to think about. But according to Billy Lucci at, uh, Billy Lucci at Texags, uh, two cases is canceling two games for Texas A&M. So they were supposed to play last week against Tennessee. They did not travel to Knoxville, did not play that game. And of course, Ole Miss this weekend. Two positives. That's it. Two positives are canceling two games for Texas A&M. That, to me, is a real problem. And it always has been. I mean, we've talked about this a bunch. I'm not going to go down the COVID road with you today beyond just this right here. I mean, I saw this coming. And if I saw this coming, that means somebody in the SEC office should have seen this coming. And they say that it's consistent with the CDC guidelines and stuff. And, and, you know, maybe there's sound reasoning for how they came to this conclusion. But Ben Roethlisberger started yesterday, about a week after he was deemed to be in close contact with somebody. The NFL has found a way to have close contacts and have to quarantine for a period of time. But in Ben Roethlisberger's case, for an example, it didn't derail the team or certain players for two weeks. So how can the NFL have Ben Roethlisberger play on Sunday, but Texas A&M has to miss not only one, but two games because of two positive cases? See, that right there strikes me as a big problem and something that could have been avoided. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks. I'm not some kind of genius. I'm not the only one that has said for weeks now that this is a problem that the SEC has, that they have created, that it doesn't make sense, that the NFL is not having to do it this way, so why are you? And here they are creating their own mess. So now Ole Miss, at least if everything is on schedule, will have a bye before the Egg Bowl. So they're going to go by game by game and possibly, possibly another bye before their next game because the schedule now is all kinds of messed up. I mean, it's all over the place. So um, Ole Miss still obviously has to play LSU. LSU has to also make up a game with Alabama. But here's the problem with LSU. They've got already their Florida game postponed to December 12th. So the only slot for LSU to play another game as currently scheduled, for LSU to play another game, would be the 19th. But here's the problem with the 19th. Alabama will be playing on the 19th in the SEC Championship. So how do you make up the Alabama-LSU game? This weekend, honestly, would have been perfect. You move the Arkansas game in, maybe you don't even play it, and put Alabama this weekend and shuffle some things around. But this is where the SEC's in big trouble now. Because you've got teams, Florida and Alabama, who are on a collision course for the SEC championship. You cannot use December 19th 
for Florida and Alabama. You can't schedule games on that day. Florida already has, like I said, the LSU game on the 12th. Alabama has to make up a game with LSU, and their only availability to do that would be on the 12th. So what the hell do you do? And I think everybody, including the SEC office, now has to realize that there are going to be teams that are games that do not get played. I mean, that's the reality here. There are going to be games that do not at all get played. Because right now, Texas A&M... See, see, this is all a mess. I hope you're following. I'm kind of all over the place because this situation is all over the place. Texas A&M has to make up two games. Tennessee and Ole Miss. They don't have currently a game scheduled on the 12th, which is good. So they have two open slots. And if Texas A&M does not make the SEC championship, they have those two open slots. But here's the problem. Ole Miss, the only time Ole Miss can play LSU is the 19th, as currently scheduled. But LSU still has to make up their game with Alabama. And then you can't move the Florida game around. So the whole thing, it's just a complete mess. And I think really what this comes down to is that we just have to accept the fact that some games are not going to get played. And that's what it comes down to. It's possible that Ole Miss does not play LSU. It's possible that they don't play Texas A&M at all. I think that's the most likely. I could be wrong, but I think that's the most likely outcome is that Ole Miss does not play Texas A&M. That's just more of a gut feeling than anything else because... Um, just all of the shuffling that has to go on. And then what happens with Mississippi State now? See, Ole Miss is supposed to play the Egg Bowl in two weeks. And by the way, speaking of the conspiracies about teams wanting to play and not wanting to play, uh, believe it or not, because there are some Ole Miss fans that think Mississippi State is avoiding the Egg Bowl. I, to tell you the truth, I, I actually don't believe that I wouldn't believe that if anybody told me that, if that was the the conspiracy out there that Mississippi State's trying to avoid the Egg Bowl. Um, Mike Leach doesn't strike me and hasn't during all of this striked me as a guy that uh, would even consider finding a way to not play a game. Now, I I know he's run a bunch of players off, but that's not, of course, uh, to avoid the Egg Bowl. I think Mike Leach is the kind of guy that wants to play every game because that's just what he wants. He's kind of stubborn, right? It just, I could be way off on this, but based on what I've heard him say in the press and things like that, um, he doesn't, he's not avoiding games. He doesn't want to. In fact, he seems pretty pissed off uh, that they've had a game get canceled, and that's their one with Auburn. He seems frustrated. Uh, about how they can't just go play Georgia without having to wait until Monday night to make sure that they're going to play Georgia. Um, He has talked negatively about the contact tracing rules and stuff like that before. He wants to play, uh, even though, like I said, he's running guys off and the team's not very good. But on top of that, even if he wants to play, Mississippi State is running into numbers issues uh, with injuries and a bunch of uh, opt-outs and... Players quitting is really what a lot of it is. Players leaving the team or getting run off. Uh, They're down uh, to, I mean, two scholarship quarterbacks right now, and Costello's been hurt. Uh, They played Vanderbilt with one scholarship quarterback. 
if Will Rogers goes down and you know, so there's a mess there too. And if they go to Athens this weekend and a couple of guys get hurt, I mean, they might may not be able to play the Egg Bowl. And in a regular year, they would have just been told to suck it up, like Kentucky last year. If I'm Mark Stoops, I'm I'm furious at this. By the way, if Mississippi State, for example, uh, if Will Rogers and KJ Costello cannot play in the Egg Bowl, they won't have the scholarship player requirement thing in order to play during COVID protocols. If I'm Mark Stoops, I'm raising hell because last year he had to play a wide receiver at quarterback for half the season and then some, and it worked out for him, which was one of the most impressive coaching jobs I've ever seen. But um, it worked there. But they had to do it. They had to play without a quarterback at all because that's what you do. But this year, you've you've added this um, scholarship player limitation on certain positions. And so, I mean, in theory, uh, Mississippi State could get out of the Egg Bowl if certain position groups are down to a certain number. One in a regular year, they would just be told to, to suck it up and deal with it because that's football and injuries and stuff like that happen. I keep saying this, but it's true. It's a mess. And, and I wish I could have gotten on here and given you guys some answers. I don't think anybody has any right now. Uh, Keith Carter said yesterday the situation is fluid. I know a lot of people don't like that word, but um, it's true. I, I think the league doesn't know what to do right now. Especially with the LSU-Alabama game being one that they have to make up. And LSU having already missed playing against Florida. So LSU has one week on SEC Championship Day to make up one of two games featuring teams that are supposed to be playing in the SEC Championship. It's a nightmare, and it's one that could have been avoided. It's one that they should have seen coming, that uh, that everybody and their brother saw coming, but they, they didn't adjust and, and get around it, and now some games are going to not get played. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And that wording in Texas A&M's release yesterday that they're going to... Uh, let me let me pull it back up so I can read it to you. Um, the opportunity to reschedule will be evaluated. Yeah, they're not playing that game. That's how that reads to me anyway. Forgive me for my skepticism, but it's just a mess that could have been avoided and nobody has any answers uh, right now. Ole Miss could have, with AM being canceled, could have played Mississippi State or LSU this weekend. But uh, it sounds like LSU and Arkansas is going to go on as scheduled. Both teams are okay COVID-wise, and Mississippi State-Georgia is going to be played as scheduled because both teams currently are okay COVID-wise. And for some reason, the SEC has not allowed... Uh, the ability to play somebody in the opposite division that wasn't on your schedule. I don't understand why that is not in place. I don't understand why they won't let that happen. I'm sure there's a decent explanation, but if for whatever reason, say Tennessee this weekend could not play their game at Auburn, they should be allowed to go to Oxford. Uh, why is that something that, that that is not allowed? I don't understand. Um, there are weeks left on the schedule. There are going to be games that are going to be outright canceled. So why not let your teams make up that game with somebody they weren't scheduled to play? I don't understand it at all. doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, but this is something that they've created. And there are more questions and answers right now. But my gut feeling, 
like I keep telling you, my gut feeling says, quite simply, that Ole Miss has three games left and will not play all three. That's my gut feeling. With the Texas A&M situation, with LSU and having to deal with that, and LSU having to make up Alabama somehow, but they don't have the time to do it, it's just a freaking mess. And now you've got Mississippi State with numbers issues because Mike Leach has ran off an entire side of the ball. Um, and they've got injuries and stuff, just like every team. Uh, I don't envy those people making these decisions, but this could have been avoided. It is really, really that simple. All right, here's Lane Kiffin now. We'll go to that next. Uh, really insightful stuff. Um, I, I don't, like I keep telling you, I don't play these very often because most of the time it's a bunch of useless minutes. Not the case with Lane Kiffin here. So I'll play this audio for you. We'll react to it next uh, on the other side. So here's Lane Kiffin. This was yesterday afternoon uh, meeting with media there in Oxford. You know, back to the game, exciting game. Um, I think it was fun for the fans. Um, You know, one of our goals is to, you know, play. So when people watch us, they say, I want to go play there you know, and, and have excitement on the sidelines and, you know, the tempo offense and jerseys and everything. So I think that that was, I think that that was accomplished. I think, you know, that went really well. Um, you know, we played about as bad as you can possibly on defense, you know, through whatever three quarters. But, you know, the last three drives, you know, a punt and then two fourth down stops were huge. So, you know, that is the one bright spot on that side. Um, you know, Elijah played great. I mean, I can't remember what it was. I think he had, I don't know, 14 touches or something at halftime already. Um, you know, got the ball the first four plays of the game. Um, it's crazy to think for a guy that, you know, basically doesn't have any reps back there, you know, except for, you know, what we put in this week, uh, you know, at the bye. You know, he looked like an elite running back, um, which is really, really unusual. So um, pretty neat. He's going to make a lot of money here next year. Hey, Lane, you talk a lot about the skill position players on your offense, and rightfully so. But uh, your perspective on the job that Randy Clements has done with that offensive line this year, uh, they seem to have come together and are playing as good as really anybody right now. Yeah, I mean, this is probably going to surprise you, you know, with those amount of stats, but <clears throat> the tackles played really well. Um, the three inside guys uh, did not play well, um, especially in the run game. Um, did all right in the past game so sometimes numbers can be skewed a little bit you know based off of you know other guys making plays but you know our grades were not very good inside but the tackles were really good uh staying on the offensive line lane uh, what kind of development have you seen there this year um <clears throat> i think we're, we're really good in the in pass protection for the most part um we're up and down in the run game um but you know a lot of those guys played last year, and you know, they ran the ball well, led the SEC in rushing a year ago. So, um, you know, um, we're doing some good things, but we can improve there. Uh, how confident are you in your depth? Don't see you subbing a lot there. Uh, we're trying to develop that. Um, you know, uh, we'd like to, to rotate a little bit, um, but we're just not there yet. Lane, just with the game postponed for Saturday, what is the plan for this week now? And uh, what have you heard from the league office about potential rescheduling or shuffling for the rest of the season? 
Um, I mean, it looks like we're not going to play. Um, I guess there's still a small possibility somebody could be moved up, you know, if they don't have an opponent. But, um, you know, so we're still figuring that out, um, you know, exactly how, how we'll do the schedule. But um, what we have figured out is, you know, because of the COVID, um, you know, we're going to keep them here through the weekend. And do you plan on having a full week of practice or are you going to kind of go back to the bi-week schedule? Uh, we're still looking at that, um, you know, exactly what, what we'll do. I mean, I was just kind of curious when you found out that game was going to be postponed and what your sort of thoughts on it were. Um, they told us last week that it, that was probably going to happen, you know, just because they weren't going to get guys back, um, you know, with the 14 days contact tracing. So I really didn't think much of it because we were just focused on the game. So it is what it is. With, with your team, I don't know whether you're comfortable saying this, but dating back to June, do you, do you know how many players or what percentage of your roster has tested positive for COVID since they arrived in June? I, I don't know that number, so I don't really want to guess. Um, but I'll get it for you by next time that we get on here. Lane, from week one, uh, like that Florida game, all the way to now, how would you kind of assess your team's progress? How much of a, how much better do you think you guys have gotten? Well, a lot of the similarities in that game are, are still around. You know, very productive on offense, um, really good in the passing game. You know, elite quarterback and elite receiver. Um, you know, really good tight end, and you know we run the ball at times well, and we don't play very well on defense. So, you know, we're re- we're really kind of where we started off. Um, we've made some progress, I thought, lately on defense, um, but you know, that that was that was painful to watch. You know. And I don't even see all the plays during the game because I'm over there with the offense sometimes. But, you know, 8.2 yards a carry, I mean, it's like Little League stats, man. I mean, this is the SEC. You know, that, that that should never happen. You know, Lane, you've coached uh, a number of really talented receivers in your many stops, and Mark Cooper and Marquis Lee. As far as a route runner, where does Elijah Moore really rank, do you think? Um, <clears throat> Elijah's quickness is different. Now, he's smaller than those guys, you know, so um, smaller than Ridley, too. Um, you know, so <clears throat> we just never had anybody this quick because he's really a slot. All those guys really are, are more prototypical outside receivers. So this is a true slot. Like I said, he looks like this, you know, the Carolina Steve Smith, um, his ability to get in and out of breaks. And, I mean, I mean, watching the tape, I mean, he, he ran the ball so well. You know, I think when someone drafts him, they've got to look at, you know, utilizing him back there a few times a game, too, because, you know, that's very hard to prepare for. You know, you got no idea what formation it would be in, and all of a sudden, you know, you got to match things up, and the guy's in the backfield. You know, it's not like we're subbing him out for a running back so you know where he's at. You know, the running back's still in the game, so that's very hard to deal with. Wayne, just to be clear, you, you said you do not expect the AM game to be played. Is that right? Uh, yes. I do not expect that to happen, no. Uh, are you expecting to play LSU on the uh, 5th, or are you hearing that that game could be moved? Well, I guess we'll know by 6 o'clock or something, but um, you know, you, you guys know the rule. If, if someone else can't play, you know, if their opponent can't play, and we can play and they can play, then they can move it up. So I guess that's a possibility. We'll know more here soon. Is there a possibility of you guys adding someone who's not on the schedule right now? No, they would. I, I don't think there's any way the SEC, you know, that was the whole thing, being able to control it, you know, not having non-conference. So I don't think they'd let that happen. 
Well, I mean, a Tennessee or somebody, if oh. there's somebody not. Well, I guess it'd be just just a few that you might be able to do that with. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that. Um, you know, that's more of a league office question. Go back to David. It's a good idea, though. You could be a commissioner. You could, you could be the commissioner, Parrish. Well, would, would you? Would you have fined me? I would not find you, Lane. Uh, you know, I, I would only find you if, if you become suddenly this bland. Uh, I'm not going to say anything, Coach. You'd never give us anything to write about. That that would get a fine. Well, you, you'd be finding a lot of the conference coaches then. <laughs> Yeah, Lena, you get a lot of questions about Elijah Moore and who he's comparable to. What you like that one? Around? You like that one, huh, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> I see you dying over there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, you know, if you could take out the one game somehow, you know, and if we played better defense where we were winning, you'd be talking about the guy in the Heisman race. You know, his numbers, um, I mean, I actually saw today, he actually has more total yards per game than anybody in the conference, including, you know, Trask. So um, that's a, it's pretty impressive, um, you know, and just a sophomore. And, I mean, again, he made some plays that, you know, have some Mahomes type of arm, arm angles in the game, um, you know, which is we don't teach that. That's just very few, very few hum, humans can do that. Here's a good one for you, though, that I learned yesterday talking to his parents. Um, it was actually the first time meeting them, and um, he played defensive end when he was young. So I, I, I can't really see that, but um, they said he was a defensive end, and I think that toughened him up. <laughs> okay. He didn't want to play quarterback, they said. Um, Lane, to go back to the defense for a second, what do you think can be done at this point in the season if you guys try to make changes? Do you talk about schematic changes or play column changes, or is it just – completely up to the players and coaches to work things out at this point no i mean you know but we've talked about it already you know you gotta you know you gotta look at everything you know you gotta look at you know do, you, do we do too much you know because you know, it's not just guys like missing tackles we were we weren't aligned at times you know which is which is really bad because that you know that's a pretty easy team to line up to i mean they're in like i write and trading the tight end you know like what we did 25 years ago so um that part was very discouraging, so we're looking at everything. Yeah, to go back to Elijah Lane, I mean, moving him to the back foot, is that something y'all wanted to do but really couldn't because of the lost spring and all that kind of stuff, or what brought that about, just getting the ball in the back foot? Just the guy's so special. You know, like I've always said, like, <clears throat> you, know, you got a great player in basketball, you know, you keep throwing him the ball and letting him shoot, you know, and so I've just always thought with receivers, you know, guys are underused, you know, we got Alabama, and you know, here's, I think the record was 70 catches or something. With Julio Jones. I mean, Julio Jones only touched the ball 70 times. Let's think about that. You know, so not being, being critical, I just always think that hey, if you got a great running back, he gets the ball 25 times in a game. So find a way to get the guy the ball, and he's just and he's really smart. You know, we actually, um, I was worried about you know his mileage, you know, in the game, having to play, you know, all those spots. That he did, you know, so he actually uh, didn't practice on Wednesday, actually, just to make sure he had enough legs to do all this stuff. Back to Matt for a minute. This this is his third offense, I guess, in three years since he got to Ole Miss. How much can he grow in an offseason? I know he still have some games left this year, but how much can he grow in an offseason 
in the same system getting ready for next season when he's never really had that benefit before? Well, um, you know, that does, you know, create a high ceiling for him, um, you know, because, again, he didn't have spring with us either. So, um, you know, first off, hopefully he comes back so we get a chance to do that because um, he would be draft eligible. So <clears throat> um, it's crazy to think he can get better. John, go you mentioned, Sorry, John. That's okay. You mentioned the spring. The NCAA has pushed the dead period back to April 15th, I think. Um, I haven't, we haven't talked to you since they did that. I was just kind of curious to get your reaction to it. Again, we can't control it. Is what it is. Um, very difficult, very challenging. Again, you know, like I said to you guys, you're running a company and you can't interview your employees, you know, and see them face to face. So um, just trying to do the best we can. Lane, how do you kind of view this whole month's stretch of, you know, these last four weeks? Because, you know, you have a game and then a bye, and then you have another one and then another week off. Is it kind of to your advantage? Is it a disadvantage, you know, with um, extra time off between these games? No, I mean, you know, when you're playing well, you know, you want to keep playing, you know, two game winning streaks. So I wish we were playing, but, you know, we'll just keep utilizing the time to find different things, just like what we did with Elijah, you know, and see if we can get better. And uh, the, the last one for me was uh, obviously took social media by storm. The, uh, the, the clipboard toss one. Have you ever been that excited about a play or when was the last time you were that excited about a play before it happened like that? And have you ever uh, thrown the uh, clipboard that high on that uh, on a like that too. Well, everyone keeps saying clipboard. That's kind of like really old, you know. Um, you don't have clipboards. I guess Gus does, but most of us don't have clipboards, you know. Kind of like the PE teacher in high school. So um, they're call sheets, you know. And so uh, I think I've thrown, I've never thrown, usually, I mean, it was done really. Michael Newswiner does it, and, you know, he put cardstock inside. So usually you can't throw them that far. Um, but that thing really traveled. It was a little, like harder than normal so um i've probably done that but it's never gone into the stands that's for sure but i just get excited when like i said after the game you know when plays work and you know there's schematical plays especially if you're audible and at the time you know and you get them in a matchup that you're you know audible and for a reason and then the players make the plays um and, and i was nervous in that game you know and so a lot of that's relief energy coming out you know because we're not stopping them at all which <clears throat> know if you can't stop the run you know the games are scary and so um i did not like how that game was going in the third quarter and then you know we hit those couple plays and and opened it up it was huge and again that was lane kiffin uh with uh, local media there's some really good stuff I, I hope you understand uh why i played that this time and when i usually don't most of the time you don't get stuff like this out of him so i thought about it by the way while, while i was listening to that i, I guess a plausible scenario, one that makes sense to me anyway. But see again, see now I just thought about this, and now I've I've added another wrinkle to it. So I was thinking, move LSU Ole Miss to the nineteenth of December because neither team's playing in the SEC championship. Move Alabama LSU to the fifth when Ole Miss was supposed to play LSU. And then bump Alabama Arkansas back to the twelfth. So Florida is playing LSU and Alabama is playing Arkansas the day before the SEC championship. There there might be your most plausible outcome. 
That makes sense. I, I can't quite find a, a wrinkle to that. And Ole Miss would have to play Texas A&M on the 12th, and Texas A&M would make up their game with Tennessee on the 19th. I just did that in my head, so I hope that all checks out. I think that makes the most sense to me. I think that makes sense. So hopefully that does to you as well. All right, anyway, uh, just quick reaction to Lane Kiffin's press conference. Aside from him bragging on Elijah Moore, I I liked his comps as well. Uh, Make a ton of sense, and he's right. He is going to make a ton of money. Um, Matt Corral absolutely would be in the Heisman conversation if he just played an average game against Arkansas instead of those six interceptions. Uh, Absolutely would be in that conversation. He's having that kind of production this year. But the thing that stood out to me the most from what Kiffin was talking about is what he said about the defense. And I said Saturday, if you listened to, to Saturday's podcast, that um, I think that there's more to it than just lacking talent. Because Ole Miss defensively does things poorly that doesn't require talent. And Lane Kiffin mentioned it. Alignment being his big bugaboo from the weekend, uh, was alignment. That South Carolina is lining up in a very simple offense. It's not like they're doing a bunch of uh, changing around or or shuffling or anything like that. And Ole Miss um, is simply uh, not getting lined up correctly. And that's something that you could be the least talented team in the world, but if you're mentally locked in, you can line up correctly. That's a concern. Uh, then that's kind of what I was talking about Saturday, is they do things poorly that doesn't require talent uh, to do well. And he seemed frustrated to me. Uh, that sounded like a guy that was um, that, that doesn't like certain things going on with his defense that are not related to talent. That's how that struck uh, me anyway. Um, so... Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope what I said made sense about the schedule, but that's the kind of situation they're in. They're going to have to move games around. I like the thing that I just came up with, though. I think you move Alabama-Arkansas back one week, play Alabama-LSU on December 5th, move Ole Miss-LSU to the 19th, and have Ole Miss-Texas A&M on the 12th, and Texas A&M-Tennessee on the 19th. Because that, to me, makes the most sense. I think that scenario is the correct one. So, all right. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review. I appreciate you guys listening so much. Sorry it was a day late, but I hope you understand why. And I'll talk to you again uh, tomorrow. Possibly tomorrow night, though. I think I'm going to do a night podcast Wednesday. Possibly even do it on Periscope. So we'll see. I'm just throwing ideas out there uh, at the moment. So enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.